Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. What's up? It's Kaylee Cuoco. When it comes to travel, we all have a happy place. I just went to my happy place. I just went to Maui, and it was truly amazing. Priceline has always been about getting you to your happy place for a happy price with deals you really can't find anywhere else, like up to 60% off select hotels in Costa Rica or five-star hotels for two-star prices in Cabo. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Coming up on TMS, snagging the rubber. Quill's wife. Was there a show yesterday? Because I really, like, wanted to know. Here today, gone tomorrow. The Irish love their double D. Same place, not my butt. Paging Dr. Skinny Fingers. Conscience-free, 23. And up yours lifting story. Googly eyes, patient zero. Quit bragging about your terabytes. A 10-hour tool. Pick up at Island 5. Hunting linguists with Amy. Burn in the burnout with Wendy and more on this episode of The Morning Stream. Some people use them to hold hors d'oeuvres together. Kids make scale models of famous buildings and bridges out of them. And some people actually use them for their primary purpose, to remove food caught between their teeth. Oh, Disney, you naughty bitch. The Morning Stream. I was born without a conscience. Good morning, everyone. Welcome back to TMS. It's the morning stream for Thursday, March 16th, 2023. I'm Scott Johnson, and that is Brian Ibbett. Hello. Man, I don't like missing shows at all, uh, but we missed one yesterday, and we warned everybody, so you all knew we were doing it. But um, how did your your thing go, your doctor visit go? You know, uh, it went just fine. Uh, My my regular GP uh, was not available. Basically, they said... Hey, we know you've got this uh, regular prescription that you need for such and such. We can't um, we can't renew it unless you get your physical. Uh, yeah. If you want to schedule with your regular GP, we've got openings in June. Or if you want to uh, meet with a, with one of his PAs, then we can get you in next week. They said this to me last week. Mm. What I should have said is. Great. Can you hook me up with whichever one has the skinniest fingers? <laughs> is there one? Is there one who's just known for having little skinny fingers? Instead, they gave no you reason. A, gave you the guy with gigantism. Uh, with a huge no, finger. actually, uh, uh, gave me a, uh, a woman who had lovely skinny fingers. Oh, good, good. Yes. That's good. You know what? I've said this before, and I still don't understand why. But yeah. when it comes to physicals, rather have a lady. 
Uh, always. Yeah, I don't always know. rather have a lady. I don't know why. I can't explain it. I just know I prefer yeah. it. Yeah. It's got nothing to do with sex, anybody who thinks it is. No, no. It has nothing to do with, no. okay, let me cup these. Turn your head and cough. Yeah, By same. the way, I didn't have to do that. She cupped them, but I didn't have to. I don't know why I didn't have to turn my head and cough. Oh, well, that's good to know. Yeah, uh, yeah no, it can be the same with massages. Just, I just prefer a lady. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not a. It's not like I'm. It's not like I'm George Costanza freaking out because some dudes touch me. Jerry, it's not it that moved. at all. I just have more trust for women. Don't know why. Mm-hmm. Plus, they do have the smaller finger. They have the smaller fingers. And lucky Phil, I don't know if. I certainly don't think that the um, the the PA that worked with me had long fingernails. I, and I don't think I think as a as a nurse, as a physician's assistant, even as a doctor, if you're a woman, I feel like it looks un, unprofessional to have long, you know, French nail tips kind of manicured deal. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, is that is that am I making a uh, an unfair generalization? Like, no, Brian, we can have long fingernails. We'll just you know, <laughs> yeah. It just seems like they would be in their way, like more of a practical, right? Exactly. Point exactly. of point of reference. It's like, well, if you're going to have, if you're a doctor, you're going to have moments of needing to be intricate with your fingers and your hands to right. check for this and check for that. And you're looking, you're on your back checking for heartbeats with the cold thing. And yeah. you don't want to be poking people or having a hard time holding your stethoscope. No, exactly. Yeah. Amy says long fingernails would be a pain for any profession where you have to regularly put on latex gloves. Good point. Oh, yeah. Because exactly. you'll snag the rubber, as they say. <laughs> you don't want to snag that rubber, you know? That's what I did on the way to prom. That's right. <laughs> Ba-boom. Anyway. Stopped at, the, stopped at the convenience store. Never mind. All right. Hey, how hey, you doing, Hey, Scott? hey, hey, I'm doing good. I, hey, I, uh, how's your physical going? Well, here's the, hilari- here's the hilarious thing. Your doctor was okay. gone, so you had to do one of his assistants. It was supposed to be mine, and yeah. I, got a, I got a call at the last minute that uh, it wasn't going to be her. So I oh, said... No. I'd rather wait for her. So really, so it really was a situation. Well, you really did have the opportunity to still have your physical done by a dude, but mm-hmm. said, "Nope, I will well, wait." It may have been somebody else besides the dude, but I was just like, you know what? I'll just. I'm, this isn't anything we're rushing for. It's just similar thing. I need to get some <laughs> prescriptions renewed, so I'm going later. Instead, yesterday I chilled out, spent time with Van, nice, hung nice. out with the boy and Carter and, and Kim, chilling. It was nice. It was a nice morning. I will admit, it was nice. So that's what I did. Uh, For all I know, there's a rat living in my my corn chute, and 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 now a doctor (laughs) hasn't seen it. I don't know. I don't know. I decided to lift, and you know what? I didn't even put in the show notes, and I could talk about it later if we've got you know we've got because I know you still have a couple uh, top of show things to talk about, but. I always like a good lift show or story. Do you want? All right. Should we wait yeah. for that, or do you want yeah. to do it now? I don't. It doesn't matter let's, to me. Let's let's do it now, and I'll right. do it fairly quickly. All right. Uh, but I got. This is the first. Somebody can remind me if I'm if I'm completely forgetting something, but this is like the first horrible experience I've had lifting, and oh. it wasn't even a passenger. Oh, it had nothing to do with passengers. Hold nothing on, can I guess? Passenger. I want to guess. Uh, all right, yeah. Gastrointestinal never, never guess. Gastro, gastrointestinal emergency. <laughs> well, okay, I did have that uh, like last year, and oh, that was right. a horrible experience. That's and right. So I did forget about that. Yes. Okay. Uh, but no, it wasn't. But oddly enough, in exactly the same place—not oh. my butt, but at the airport. Oh, the airport. Uh, okay, interesting. Airport. Let's let's hear this. 
All right, so dropped off a uh, customer at the airport yeah. and immediately got a notification that I had another ride to pick up at the airport. Um, usually, the pickup locations are at Island 5. So you've got the terminal, and then you've got, on the on the pickup level, it's all the commercial uh, vehicles, right? So you've got taxis at Island 1. You've got... Um, Island two is like uh, buses to the outside parking lots. Threes, you know, whatever. It's like the the, the buses that go up to the mountains, etc. But it's 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 basically a whole level that is not for um, regular people to come up and pick up their friends. They have another level for 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 regular schmoes to go and pick up their oh, buddies from the airport. Okay, our this new airport has just, that now as well. That makes sense. Yeah, okay. so taxis, lifts, all that sort of thing. And normally, right. our location is to pick up at Island five. Four years of lifting, only one other time have I ever gotten a request to not pick up at Island 5, and it was for an accessibility ride. It was somebody that that uh, was on crutches. They got the door right there uh, at the at the entrance. I pulled up. They got in. No problem. Okay. Yesterday, I get another one, and uh, you know, I, I get the ride. It says, oh, you're picking up between doors 511 and 513. I drive really about 100 feet forward from where i dropped off the last passenger it's like oh great this is nice and convenient i don't have to because if you have to do island five i have to go all the way around to the other side of the airport and then back all the way around to the east side to island five it is a 10 15 minute ordeal okay so I pull up, I open up the uh, the hatchback or the you know the back of the thing because I'm always ready in case they've got luggage. Sure. And uh, and I sit and wait. I kind of look around, and then one of the uh, one of the police that works at the airport comes over and says, "Hey, uh, do you have a pickup here?" And I said, "Yeah, it's an accessibility ride." And I show him the show him the app. He's like, "All right." He goes off. Okay. I wait and I wait, <laughs> and it's like time is ticking down. They've got five minutes, and it's our, we're already three minutes in. And I'm yeah. like, all right, where are they? And I grab my phone and look at it. And just as I do that, he calls and mm. he says, "Hey, where are you at?" And I said, "I'm right by doors five eleven and five thirteen. He said, "Oh, I'm at Island Five. I thought that's where I was supposed to go." And I said, "Well, if you go to Island Five in the app, you need to say I'm at Island Five and not request an accessibility ride from." <laughs> <laughs> oh, like, I see what they he's did. Like, okay. He's like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I said, so I can drive around and pick you up. It'll probably be about 10 minutes. He's like, well, are you just right there? And I said, yeah, I'm like right at the entrance where you came out. And I say, I wave at him. And I say, can you see me? He's like, oh, yeah, I'll be there in 10 seconds. Yeah. Because seriously, it takes that long to walk from Island 5. Yeah. The airport police see me waving and talking to the guy. Oh, shit. And not the guy who came over, but his buddy says, oh, in his loudest voice possible, oh, so you're a liar then. <laughs> what? I'm like, what? He's like, so you, you know, you park, you you just park up here and, and make your, and shame on you for making your passenger walk to you. And I'm like, no, it's an accessibility ride. And I have the app in my hand. I'm showing him. He's like, oh, don't, you know, I don't care anything you have to say. You guys know how to manipulate things. And he comes over and he starts taking pictures of my car from the back, like getting my license plate from the back and with the front, like this airport security guy doing this. I would be so irritated right now. I'm right now, Brian. I want to jump out of my skin and punch somebody. I hate this. I, inside, I was boiling. I mean, he's loudly calling me a liar. He's loudly and like, you know, other other people. My passenger is getting in the car. He's like uh, uh, yelling, you know, he's yelling at me in front of all these other people at the at the uh, the waiting area. I'm like, dude, it says accessibility. He's like, ah, you guys know how to manipulate things. I know. I know what you guys do. I'm like, 
for Pete's sake. Like, I basically, you know, say like that. He's like, yeah, for Pete's sake. He, repl- he repeats back to me. I said, look, I tried to calmly explain to you, at least I was polite. And I'm yeah. getting in the car and he says, I was polite too. I could have given you a ticket. F that guy. Foot that to the guy. groin m- moment here. I freaking hate him. <laughs> I hate him. So, and so like I got in the car and the guy's like, oh man, I'm so sorry. I just bumped. I I, I could have sworn I hit the right uh, area for pickup. I'm like, dude, totally happens. Not your fault. That guy's just, you know, he, he's an he, ass. He's an ass. He feels like he's a, a big fish in a small pond. He gets to boss people around. So I drove off, was nice, chatted with the guy the whole ride. He was actually really cool. He's visiting his his son who moved out here during the pandemic, fell in love with Colorado and stayed and all that. And uh, uh, But when I got home, uh, fortunately, my new ring dash camera <laughs> that I had installed captured video of the guy like taking pictures. And Uh-oh. I took a screenshot of the thing of the app that said accessibility ride. And so I forwarded both of those to airport uh, feedback, like basically customer service, and said, here's the whole story of what happened. Uh, Here's photos of the guy who did it, and here's the photo of the accessibility ride, blah, blah, blah. So, listen, I I don't want him to get fired over this unless he's got a history of doing this. Yeah. Then I'd like him to get fired, but I would like an official complaint added to his file so that if he does continue to do this there's record that he that he i agree i agree you know what while third ego was worried about blue horses and penises he should have been worried about that guy <laughs> that's what he should be worried about but i'm really hoping i'm kind of hoping i get uh another airport ride the next time that i that i go there because i want to see if he's there and i can you know like give him the bird as i drive by or say you're a dick as you're I drive a dick, by dick, or something dick, like dick, that. Dick. <laughs> <laughs> Doppler effect dick you can throw out there. I, I, if part of me, if I didn't want to get my passenger to wherever he needed to go, part of me was going to be like, yeah, give me a ticket so I can, so I know who to complain to about your crappy attitude and the way you treated me. That's lame. I'm mad for you yeah. and with you and near you. I hate oh, that. I hate it. Me off. Yeah. Oh, that would make me so mad. Plus, you're talking about you're at a busy thing. The airport's always just yeah. coming and going. Everybody's always got stuff to do. And this guy yeah. had to take his time to do that. Give me a freaking break. And there was no, like, even if even if he could say, well, my job is to make sure the traffic is going through here clearly and there's nobody stopped for no reason. Even if that was the only excuse, there was zero people around me. There was no cars in front of me or behind me or anything like that. So lame. Anyway, okay. Sorry, let's let's get on to happier stuff. I'm mad for you, for you, all right? <laughs> all right. I really wanted to like be an ass back to him, but I I you showed great you know, restraint. You showed I great showed restraint. restraint. Yeah. yeah. Which, you know, I'm it's hard to do a, in a situation a, like that. Uh, I'm a professional. You all have nothing to worry about. <laughs> All right. Well, speaking of professionals, we're here to professionally uh, give away some stuff. I want to give yeah. a uh, rando pack in the mail. This will be like prints and stickers and stuff. And we're going to do it with a brand new segment we call Stand Back and Check Your Personal Belongings. It's time for the morning form. All right. It's time for the morning form. <laughs> the morning form. That's right. This is where wow. you guys go fill out a thing. And then you are in the running for today's giveaway. Frogpants.com slash the morning form. Uh, just click on the button that you're presented with there. It'll take you to a little uh, a little uh, thing, a little Google form. And uh, just add, uh, put your stuff in. Today's subject is best movie aliens. All right? 
So you click mm-hmm. on that form, it'll tell you right there, best movie aliens, best film aliens. So it's, you know, alien creatures or types of aliens from movies. It's a big list of multiple choice for you to choose from, including something that isn't listed here, and you can write in your own if you want. Uh, that's all just for fun, and also just to be cool data once we're done. I want to see what everybody picked. But mm. the main goal here is uh, <laughs> one of you will win some stuff. Okay? Yeah. So frogpants.com slash the morning form, all lowercase. All lowercase, the morning form, which we (laughs) Brian figured out this morning was definitely case sensitive. I did not. Because I was gonna be one of the first people to reply. I'm like, ooh, which one is the which what's the the alien choices here? Yeah, I'm glad you did because you got a dead page and I would have sent everyone to a dead page had I (laughs) but but anyway. Totally fine. Go do it. Uh, Uh, Frogpants.com slash the morning form, yes. How come Alf is not listed? He's, oh, he's not in a film. There's okay, no, right. there's yeah, no film that I know of with no Alf. Film. Although, if you're saying there is one coming, I'll sign me up. I'll watch an Alf movie. I'll do that. <laughs> that would be fun. Hey, where's the cat? <laughs> I mean, that's kind of the gist of the I'm entire Gordon series. Shumway. Yeah, he's the, that's his thing. Um, I'm trying to find oh, the um, Silver Wisp eighty three. Good point. What? What happened? You forgot a very important alien that really should be in that list. Oh yeah, look at that. I mean. How did we? How did we not include him? Stitch, yeah, Stitch. Come I guess on, I didn't Stitch. include other. Did I do animated, any other animated, animated stuff? Aliens? Yeah, no. I guess I didn't. Uh, well, you know, next time. <laughs> uh, but <it's, laughs> here's how it also work because people at home are like, "Wait a minute, you're doing this just live?" No, it's it's we announce the winner yeah. on Monday, so you guys, everybody at home has a chance to do it as well. All right, I'm just gonna do these on the regular. There'll be all kinds of different prizes over time. Uh, today's happens to be a uh, print and sticker pack uh, that will come directly to your door. And it means that international people can uh, play too because it's this nice thin package that uh, I can send mm-hmm. anywhere in the world for less than it usually costs to ship stuff overseas. Thanks. So again, at home, if you're listening, frogpants.com slash the morning form. Um, I like the arrival aliens that only talk in um, coffee, uh, the rings that are left on the table when you drink coffee oh yeah you need you know what you need for that you need uh, a coaster what are you talking about a coaster scott Do, uh, there's no cool coasters out there well, we really could use a cool coaster there is a cool coaster that isn't even part of the vegas swag bag i made these separately uh here is the tms vegas 2023 coaster it's so freaking rad and uh that might be in the package that wins this week who knows Ooh, if that'll I be in there? I can't wait for that to absorb my fluids. Right. You need an absorbent pad, coffee, Brian. Coffee fluids. Brian I needs, need the coffee off my cup. He's all fluids. he's all out of absorbent pads, Brian is. So we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna send him one. Anyway, uh, right. so there's that. Uh, go go go. Get in there and get that done. All right, oh. we're gonna call Amy because it's Amy time. Yeah. Uh, let me just see if I can figure out why Red Fraggle isn't coming. There we go. Okay. She's uh, she's maybe, back from her trip. Get her doppelganger. Yeah, it could be someone who looks just like her. I really need, do need to know the story on this, so we'll ask her shortly right after this. One of the things that I uh, enjoy also is reading. Us too, mister. Uh, it's time for us to play a little read this, uh, where we learn how to read books from Amy. She teaches us how to read. 
You're going to teach us how to read. I got a new intro. I like it. What do I do when I get to the end of a page? Does that mean the book is over? Yeah. How does it work? How does it work? (laughs) How does it work? Uh, Amy, can you... Well, as Grover would tell us, you don't turn the page. Oh, that's right. (laughs) There's a monster (laughs) at the end of this book. That's right. Uh, you just got back from the Joko cruise. How, how'd it go? Was it fun? Did I did. I did. It was great. It was good fun, as it always is. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I have I have cool stories to share. But the the probably the funniest one that I can share in a quick in a small amount of time is has to do with the picture I sent you. Oh, all right. Yeah. So, so as you saw there, uh, there's a dude that looks remarkably like Chuck. Yes. And as it happens, he is actually the official Joko Cruise photographer. His, okay. He's a really nice guy. His name's Steve. And he wears nothing but Batman logo shirts. <laughs> like he has like 40 something Batman logo shirts. So he is known on boat as Bat Steve. Okay. okay. And. So we met him on our first cruise and they, you know, we, we chatted up with him and his spouse. He's a real, like I say, he's a really nice guy and whatnot. And, uh, and it was kind of funny that we noted like how much they looked alike. So Chuck decided that in future years, he's going to cosplay on uh, there. Cause there is a cosplay day. Oh, okay. There's a cosplay day okay. on the boat. And so Chuck said, my cosplay is I'm going to cosplay as bat Steve. <laughs> That's great. So, <laughs> That's great. So he, I was wondering if like, God, did Chuck just happen to have a Batman t-shirt and a camera with him? But so he brought this as his cosplay outfit. Mm-hmm. Correct. Yes. Oh I mean, he God. has he has that nice DSLR camera. He didn't like yeah. buy a nice well, yeah. camera yeah, for sure, his sure. cosplay or anything. <laughs> but expensive cosplay. Yeah. yeah. He he did have to buy a Batman logo shirt because uh, you know he did not have one. But yeah. yes. So that. Th- but that's not the end of the story. Oh, no, there's more. So there's more. Oh, it gets he so found much better. Out they were twins. Oh. <laughs> They're separated at birth. No. Uh. So. Chuck and Bat Steve were up in the coffee shop area. There's a up in the crow's nest. They have a, a you know place where you can actually get nice coffee, and uh, and so they were chatting it up. They were in line, and Steve said, "Hang on, just a second. I got to go do something. Uh, can you watch my camera stuff for me?" And and you know Chuck says, "Sure, of course." You know, mm-hmm. so Steve leaves his stuff you know, at his place in line. Yeah. And then Chuck has to go grab something. So he, he leaves his camera in line also just, you know, goes across the room, grabs something, comes back and where he line can see has, it still. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Line has formed behind where Chuck was. And so, but he kind of just scoots back in front of the nice blonde lady <laughs> the, uh, that who's there. And it's just like, Oh, you know, sorry. I, I, I promise I was, I was here already. Blonde lady says, Oh yeah, sure. But she's, you know, she's jovial and nice about it. Sure. And then Steve comes back and they're chatting it up. And again, remember, this is the official Joko Cruz photographer guy. Yeah. So he knows everyone. Right. So then up walks Will Wheaton. Oh, Will uh, Wheaton. To join <laughs> to join his wife yeah. in line. Oh, the the, the blonde nice like, blonde lady was Oh my god, Chuck, <laughs> you Wheaton. cut off Ann Wheaton? Really? <laughs> Wow. (laughs) Now you're now you're in trouble. They just have this lovely like 10 minute conversation, you know, and they're talking about, uh, you know, having creative spouses and, all you know, all this kind of thing and whatnot. Mm. They just have this lovely little chat. Meanwhile, I'm 
I don't, I think I was in like a crafting class. I'm completely somewhere else on the boat. <laughs> Chuck just casually texts me like, oh yeah, I had this nice 10 minute convo with Will Wheaton. I was like, what? That's great. Oh, and and uh, no selfie with him? No, no. Well, and like, so, so then, so then here's where the picture comes in. Okay. So we're up on, on deck later on. And I said, okay, we, well, you know, we've got to get the cosplay, you know, bat Steve doppelganger picture here right yeah, so right. we take that one that that you showed mm-hmm. and then there's another one that i sent you where they're doing like the spider-man point at each other deal oh, yeah. you know yeah and uh so yeah so we pose that picture right <laughs> then again will wheaton comes walking by and just doubles over cackling laughing he thinks that's like the funniest free he doesn't say anything he's just like he's just cackling at it and that's i look behind me and it's will wheaton and i was like i asked steve i was like was that will and he's like yeah and i said that just made my day you know i mean making anybody laugh that much is awesome yeah. did you right? turn did, but, you, did you turn and say this shut up wesley did you do that no <laughs> oh no okay all right oh, no. just checking but you know yeah he's he's really really nice like we saw him later on like uh at a, a beach day there was a guy who had like a t-shirt from the tabletop show that he does mm-hmm. and uh he saw him wearing that he said dude i owe you a high five that's one of the perks of you being our patron is i give you a high five and oh wow you know and he was like i got this like 12 years ago he said hey doesn't expire like he was just a really nice <laughs> really really nice guy and uh and you know and he said the, the guy says to him well thanks for coming and will just says well thank you for having me Aww. you know and it, it was like the most genuine thing he's just he's he, just, he just really he nice seems guy like a really nice guy yeah and uh yeah. september interviewed him for uh uh america's next stop podcaster and it was just such a great interview like if, if people if you haven't heard it whether or not you listen to antp you should go back and listen to that interview. it's also rare he doesn't do those very often um no just busy no. and you know can't do it very i remember i was doing a joint thing on twit and he had to turn them down for this interview because he was so busy so it's kind of rare yeah so yeah. once once you uh one, in fact i remember being shocked when she got that interview i was like are you kidding me this guy's supposed to be one of the <laughs> hardest dudes to get to sit down and do a podcast and yet there it is that was awesome yeah. right right yeah very cool um i'm sorry people are saying my mic is hot i don't know if it was just because i yelled what or am i like hot in it general? was it like, was a little hot i think it was just because you were excited about the story and so <laughs> i'm sorry no no there's hey, no, yeah, no. <laughs> no apology uh necessary it's it's uh it's just expressing how stoked you are nothing wrong with that yeah, yeah exactly. it was just really funny like that just made my day because like i say you know you make anybody laugh that much and Mm -hmm. it Mm -hmm. feels good but then you look and it's like oh person i admire and know who they are i made them laugh that much that's even better that's that's great well i'm uh, i'm glad it went well sounds like a good time yeah yeah it was it was really fun and they had they had all kind of art installations this year which was really fun like uh they had like one place where they had it they called it the gamers garden Mm -hmm. and it was all these plant related things from video games and so they showed like the little chomper plant from uh from mario Mario. you know and then they had like a pea shooter from plants versus zombies and they had the cactor guy 
from another game. It was it was really it was really neat. Um, and they had to put up signs that said, "Please don't put googly eyes on them," because everybody puts googly eyes on everything yeah. on that ship. Yeah. So, well, and which and, by and the way Wheaton is also started, Ann Wheaton's fault. I was, yes, I was going to say <laughs> Ann Wheaton is the you know at least what I consider to be the the patient zero of the googly eyes trend. Maybe everything everywhere all at once might have reamplified it, but uh. yeah, re up to the uh, the opportunity. The cactars from uh, that's not Final from Fantasy, is it? I Final thought that Fantasy. was um, I thought that was Dragon Quest. I don't know. That's cool though. You have any pictures yeah. of that by chance? Whatever. I do. I think I sent you a couple, and that I. Oh know, yeah, this so. one right here. Yeah, oh yeah. yeah, there it is. Mm-hmm. Yep. I'm pretty sure that's uh, Dragon I, Quest. I never. knew you would get a kick out of that, and I have I have some other stuff just to send you. Like there was, they put a full arcade on board. Um, Chuck was very excited in that photo uh, about the the there was like the little lichen with the eyeballs from mm-hmm. Labyrinth, mm-hmm. and because you can't see it in this photo, but the shirt that he's wearing is from Roosevelt's, and it's got the little <sighs> worm from Labyrinth, and it says "Allo" all over it. You know, it's love. Really cool. Love the shirts from Roosevelt's. Tina got yeah. me like two of them uh, at D23, and I can't wait for it to be warm again so I can wear them. Oh, that's yeah. Cool. Like that's where one in Vegas. That's nice. Chuck's favorite thing to, to wear now are those Roosevelt shirts. Yeah. He's got a whole whole collection of them. So <laughs> nice. That is so cool. Well, um, and, and thank you, Brian, because I found out about them from you. So oh, you stop it. That's awesome. Cool. Yeah. That's great. Uh, it's Roosevelt, the presidency lives on in shirts now. That's, right. That's where you get them. That's right. Both, <laughs> both uh, Franklin D. and Teddy That's both right. uh, live on in shirts. That's right. Forever. All of the Roosevelt, Roosevelt's. Uh, so what is your, so did you get time to read? Did you have any book uh, things happen while you were there? Or probably just. So there fun? were, uh, there are a lot of authors who come on board there. I, I tell you what I did a lot of was, was crafting and learning about new crafts, which is one of my favorite things to do. Uh, but I did get to write down a lot of new authors that I want to check out. I haven't had a chance to go and, and read any of those yet, but they're totally on my list now uh, because they always, they always feature some, some new authors that I've never heard of before or, you know, that are just awesome in general. I mean, John Scalzi always goes uh, and, you know, he apparently there was a thing where John Scalzi was like a big fan of wearing bright green crocs i don't know i i missed i missed that part there's always something no matter how much you pack your schedule full you're always missing something because it's like dragon con there's too much to do yeah. so I, I i missed that particular meme but yeah like I, I can confirm i was on a tender boat back from the beach with john scalzi and he was wow. wearing bright green crocs but uh <laughs> wow you know, I took a minute to tell him, you know, that I appreciated uh, the Kaiju Preservation Society because I enjoyed it. And it was indeed a much needed break. So because mm. that's why he wrote it. He specifically mm. wrote it as like a break from COVID and all that stuff. All and the crap it, going on. Yeah. Like yeah. He was like, I, exactly. He's like, yeah. I need to write a pop song of a novel. And I was mm-hmm. like, mission accomplished. Nothing wrong with that. Like, yeah. yeah, exactly. Some, sometimes so, you just need to do uh, it. I, yeah, so I didn't do that much reading on board because, frankly, if I was still enough to be reading, I was probably sleeping. But because, man, you know, I taught I taught a puppet building class on the ship and, you know, I learned I learned a bunch of new stuff. Like I'm sitting here right now. I'm, I'm 
putting stitches onto this ball. It's this Japanese art called Timari, which I had I had heard of before, but only on that cruise. It's basically you sew geometric patterns onto a round ball, which when I describe it like that, it sounds really boring, but it's really fascinating and cool to look at. Because hold on, how do you do? You, you stitch it into pattern. the side of the ball. Is that how you do it? Yeah, like, well, so the ball itself, like the core of the ball is styrofoam, mm-hmm. and then you you wrap it in this very fine pink thread, and so you just kind of jam it th- through there, and then you make all these really cool... I'll post a picture of mine when it's done. Um, but, oh, yeah, yeah. You, there's a whole website dedicated like, to it. The, com has, like, a ton of... Uh, oh, these are wild. Look at that. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, my mom has a bowl of these. She didn't make them, but she has a giant bowl full of these. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're pretty rad, I think. And like they're I think they would make great Christmas ornaments or, you know, just stuff like that. I just I love things like that with uh, intricate geometric repeated patterns and things like that. I love learning how to do things like that. I became I became obsessed with origami after I went on this cruise. Also, like you learn all kinds of cool stuff. So that's cool. These yeah. look nice. I thought my mom had a collection of like holy hand grenades, but they're, <laughs> they're tamari balls. They're tamari balls. Yeah. Nice. That's cool. All right. Yeah. Nice. There's a day gone tamari. Uh, I see what you did. <laughs> hey, uh, so what do you, uh, what are you going to recommend we listen to this week or watch? Or All maybe? right. So as you guys may or may not know, March is women's month. Uh, you know, last week there was international women's day. And uh, so I figured now would be a good time for this book that I'm recommending this week. Excellent. Here is your clip, everybody. Enjoy. Whoops, wrong tab. Here it is, right here. (laughs) Getting people to understand that language itself is a means through which people can be harmed, elevated, or valued is really important, Zimmon says. Zimmon, like most of the other word whizzes I talked to for this book, is a linguist, a profession that despite common misconceptions, has nothing to do with learning to speak dozens of foreign languages or correcting people's split infinitives. Linguistics is, in fact, the scientific study of how language works in the real world. Under that umbrella falls sociolinguistics, where the studies of language and human sociology intersect. It actually wasn't that long ago, around the 1970s, when linguists first began studying how human beings use language as a social tool to do things like create solidarity, form relationships, and assert authority. Out of everything they investigated, the most eye-opening and contentious subject has undoubtedly been language and gender. That is, how people use language to express gender, how gender impacts how a person talks, and how their speech is perceived. Over the decades, linguists have learned that pretty much every corner of language is touched by gender, from the most microscopic units of sound to the broadest categories of conversation. And because gender is directly linked to power in so many cultures, necessarily, so is language. It's just that most of us can't see it. Interesting. Tell me more. Who Mm. is this? Yes. So this book is called Word Slut, A Feminist Guide to Taking Back the English Language by Amanda Montel. And she goes through a lot of how our language has evolved to support current gender norms and the patriarchy and things like that, but just in a, a dispassionate and scientific 
way, like a, a linguist's scholarly way. Like this is how this word evolved, but it's also very accessible. You know, I mean, you can hear her voice is very conversational. That's actually her reading it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and it's, it's all very accessible and funny. Yeah, there are uh, the the chapter names alone are worth hanging out for this book because like there's a a chapter called slutty skanks and nasty dykes a comprehensive oh, list man. of gendered insults okay. you know i mean who doesn't want to read that how to embarrass the <laughs> shit out of people who try to correct your grammar effort <laughs> yeah. an ode to cursing while female you know things like that it's just hilarious <laughs> wow um and and it's really great and it it just does a really deep dive into how how gender has both effects and is affected by our language and therefore how it impacts society specifically I, and i i haven't run into her using the term woke yet but mm-hmm. i cuz i think this was written slightly before i mean it's it's modern enough like she talks about the exchange the the you know access hollywood exchange that trump has and but from from a linguistics point of view which is fascinating frankly uh she she talks about that so it's recent enough that it's it's got some cool recent events but Hmm. i don't know if woke had entered the lexicon quite yet, but she does talk a lot about how uh, African-American vernacular English, you know, we, we get so much of our slang from there and things warp from what they were originally used for in AAVE into something else, which is what has happened with the word woke. Sure. Um, So, and and I, I just found it, I I find this book endlessly fascinating and just just doing these deep dives into this is where this word came from. And, you know, like when I say bitch, you know, this is these are all the things that probably come to your mind. Right. But Mm -hmm. what if I told you that it completely meant something else originally and that language evolves and and this is how this is how we got here Mm -hmm. Uh, and just taking words like and 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 dissecting them and figuring out this is how we got this pattern of speech Mm -hmm. i don't know i find that really fascinating and and she does it in a way that makes it really conversational and accessible she tells a story about uh being on a train with a very posh looking you know new england woman Mm. and uh and she and it's, it was like a fellow parent, right? They were on their way to some school thing and their kids were friends. And so the author of the book asked the girls, Hey, Hey, how did y'all do on your test? Mm-hmm. And the, the other mother just clutched her pearls and was like, Oh, you can't say y'all. Someone <laughs> oh, might geez. think you're Southern. Mm-hmm. And then she goes into, and, and she took that opportunity to, a approach her with curiosity about oh really why do you think that and actually the word y'all is is a is a very utilitarian second person plural and i i didn't want to use you guys because as far as i know neither of our daughters identifies as a guy and so therefore blah 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 i mean it was just very and and she actually left the conversation feeling like hmm, 
I bet she won't call anybody out for using y'all again. Mm. You know, (laughs) so and uh, and, but she did it in such a way that it was just uh, it was just an intellectual exercise, not a hey, I'm going to call you out and make a conflict kind of a thing. Interesting. Um, And so which I thought was really cool. Yeah. So interesting. I don't know. I I think I always feel like, hey, the you know, the more you know, right? So. <laughs> yes, I always think that as well. Uh, that's great. I, that sounds great. Tell me the name of the book again, just so people can hear it one more time. And uh, the name of the book is Word Slut. Word. So I, I don't know how you'd forget that, but it is Word Slut. Yep. Word and, Slut. All one word. Yep. Word Slut. All one word. word QuickTMS.li yep. will also have a link to it. So go check that out. Already does. Yep. Uh, Amy, it's good to have you on. I'm glad you're home. You're safe. Everything's good. No, uh, no yeah. cruise COVID. Uh, getting the, no CC, as I like to call it. No yeah. COVID. We've already, you know, we've already tested. We came back negative. Everything's good. I'm tired. I've got the post vacation. You know, I need to sleep for a week. Mm-hmm. thing going on but other than that yeah everything's great yeah the vacation you. after the vacation <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yes aren't nearly enough of those uh it's amy robinson everybody red fraggle wherever you find her amy we'll see you next time bye 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 all right i think uh, we need to do one of those what we need to do is is figure out how to make paul and storm invite us to do TMS live on a Joko cruise mm. instead of like us reaching out. We need like, we need somebody to reach out to Paul and storm and say, Hey, you know, to be great on a Joko cruise is uh, Scott and Brian in the morning stream. And mm. they could do a live show there mm. is you should, you should maybe see if they're up for that. Oh, I see. Yeah. <laughs> and say, and then and- they'll reach out to us and say, are you guys up for that? And we'll be like, well, if you could get us, yeah, maybe yeah, you know, all expenses you- paid. Yeah. Well, we're good. We're good. Yeah. yeah. I guess we'll do it. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. You want to do that? Let's do it. Uh, they well, are under the impression that, that they are under the impression that Scott doesn't want to do it. Is oh, that true? Is that true? I know I don't you were anti cruise for a while until you just went on your more recent. Yeah, but I never told anybody cruise. I wouldn't do that. I don't know why they're under that I think impression. You might have said that on the show, and maybe that got back to him that I didn't want to go on the cruise. That you didn't like cruises. Oh, that I didn't like cruises. Potential yeah. disease fest that they can be. Yeah, I don't know who told him that, but yeah, I guess so. They could have got it from that. Um, okay. Yeah, if they ca- if those guys. Oh yeah, is that what it is? Yeah, Paul thinks yeah. you're not into into you're not pro cruises. Well, I'm not anti cruise. I'm not really pro cruise. I hate I Ted like Cruz. Penelope. Yeah, I don't Penelope like Ted Cruz. Cruz. Penelope fine. Cruz is great. Tom Cruise yeah. is all right in certain contexts. Uh, <laughs> I don't know who else. Who's another cruise? I can't think of anyone else. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, it is a disease fest, but you know, no, no more so than just going to the mall or going to you know. Oh, I don't know about that. I'll bet your chances on a cruise ship are worse than a mall. Well, it depends on the cruise ship, obviously. If you if you spend three days in the mall, I think they're probably. (laughs) Yeah, I guess that's true. If If you have the same with the same five hundred people, you're you're stuck in the mall. Then you'll it's the same. You go five five six (laughs) days straight in a mall. That's probably about right. Okay, we're gonna uh, we're gonna take a break. When we come back, my sister yeah. Wendy will be here. We got a little uh, thing to get, to do with her, so we'll get to that in a second. But we need some music to break things up. What do you got? Continuing our week of rock, uh, we've got uh, Lucius Malcolm, uh, who goes by Call Me Malcolm. This is brand new debut solo album. Uh, Past, Present, and Future Regrets, which just came out now. Now, if you like bands like uh, Rise Against, Jimmy Eat World, don't say those, you know, Rise Against, Jimmy Eat World, uh, Alkaline Trio, the Menzingers, um, kind of uh, melodic punk. 
Uh, really, really good stuff. This is, like I said, the brand new single, which comes from Past, Present, and Future Regrets. It is called Zero Sums Game. Here is Lucius Malcolm. Want to stay up to date on the biggest stories in pop culture and entertainment? Then be sure to check out the TMZ podcast. I'm Charlie Cotton from TMZ, the TV show, and every day I'll sit down with a member of our news team to give exclusive breakdowns of the day's most talked about headlines, stories we break, and the stories you care about. So check out the TMZ podcast, Monday through Friday, and the other podcasts from the TMZ audio network like Last Days and TMZ Verified. Available on all podcast platforms. Another problem for a cell phone user is keeping track of your airtime. Ultradata introduced a unique gadget called the Time Tracker. The device attaches through a simple Velcro strip 
and picks up your cell phone activity by sensing the antenna transmissions. The time tracker can display your current monthly bill and even keep track of free off-peak usage. Whiling away the afternoon in the tub is more than a way to wash our bodies. Morning stream. There's no such thing as fair in a fight to a death in a thing. All right, we're back, everybody. Welcome back to the program. Please tell me who that was one more time. Yeah, that is Lucius Malcolm. He's the uh, frontman for the UK ska punk band Call Me Malcolm. But this is his first solo project. It's called Past, Present, and Future Regrets. This is the brand new song Zero Sums Game. Nice. All right. Stack your boxes. Wendy's coming on. (laughs) My boxes are stacked. Good, because that's where they need to be for this hard-hitting psychological uh, thing we're about to do. All right? So get ready for this. Here we go. Wendy. I mean, random. Not a chance. It's Wendy, my sister, (laughs) Wendy Dunford, joining us (laughs) from the Twin Cities. Uh, I don't know. Just a thing. I've been working on a few tweaks, a little uh, changes to some of the audio on the show. And so we decided to redo yours. And that's you in the middle there, by the way. (laughs) Wendy. I mean, random. Not a chance. (laughs) I I don't know why. I don't know why Martin Short is talking to you that way, but uh, whatever. That's actually, I think, from the movie Inner Space, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, oh, that is, wow, uh, yeah. Meg Ryan played Wendy, and mm-hmm. uh, or no, no, Wendy was the his coworker, right? Uh, something yeah. to that effect. Because uh, she comes up to him to finally date him after he's saved the world, and he goes, uh, "Not a chance." Yeah, I used, to, <laughs> I used to think that movie was so good, and it was good. It was fun. I don't think yeah. it's that good. It's all right. Yeah. It's anyway, <laughs> my sister Wendy, she's here. She's gonna gonna talk some some uh, psychology here today. She's an actual practicing therapist, and the rest of us. Or just schlubs who come to her altar and say, please help me. Uh, And we got a a text that wants to ask you a question. Wendy, are you ready for this? Yeah. All right. This came to 801-471-0462. Feel free to use it if you'd like. Uh, This is from, he says his name is Crondo in the chat when he can. He told me that it was fine if I used his name in a later discussion. Uh, Is there a certain level of professional burnout that is actually permanent and dangerous? What can one do to challenge the burnout they feel and get a fresh perspective, says Crondo. Well, Crondo, let's find out. Um, I, I assume when he says professional burnout, we're just talking about like work stuff, right? Like, I assume, assume so. Yeah. Maybe, maybe like, the maybe uh, the principle is yeah. the same no matter what we're talking about, but I assume that's what he means. So, but professional burnout would would lean towards work as opposed to uh, personal burnout. Yeah, unless you're a developer for the game Burnout. Um, I think it's uh, <laughs> specifically a professional burnout. So let's you know somebody who works too many hours or spent a long time doing a thing and they're just tired of it or whatever. Can that sort of thing become, as in, in his words, permanent and or dangerous? Yes, dangerous, definitely permanent, kind of. Um, those are really good answers I gave you. Uh, I I <laughs> think. Well, let's just talk. Quickly about, you know, we observe the brain a lot in MRI and fMRI scans, and we make a lot of educated guesses on stuff, right? But we don't, we don't, I mean, think of it, I don't know, sometimes I, I think, how far do we still need to go to really understand this stuff? We're, it's exciting, right? What we know so far is exciting, mm-hmm. and the more we learn. But a lot of times we're just seeing a region of the brain light up, and we're like, cool. <laughs> And we don't really know how it's happening. Exactly. However, there are a couple of things you can kind of 
see changes over time. And that's, that's really where a lot of our good data that comes from is watching a brain morph, the mm. same brain or the mm. same brains morph. Anyway, but there is some research to show with burnout that, and if you've ever feel experienced burnout, you'll, you'll be like, uh-huh, this is obvious. Um, that, it actually affects your brain's functioning, <laughs> okay. which is real. Like it's real. Sure. And there's some some brain imaging studies that show that your amygdala is actually enlarged and the frontal cortex is thinning. And now let's mm. remind our dear listeners what that means. The amygdala is the fear center part of the brain. It's the part that senses danger all the time. If you struggle with anxiety, dysregulation, your amygdala is on fleek all day right and that so they're showing some enlargement there yeah yeah and then they're showing thinning in the frontal cortex and that is where our executive functioning see that feels that feels uh, permanent to me when you say thinning like this mm-hmm. literal yeah. physical thinning of a brain yeah. thing that's you don't think bad. of it thickening no <laughs> yeah it's hard to get back to the thickening i and and the reality is i mean from what i know it doesn't do be permanent it can be reversed but it is slow and you have to do something about it you can't just keep going doing all the same things and being like why isn't this getting better Hmm. you you have to behave differently and sometimes that is like very very real break from whatever professional thing you were doing in order to recover what's hard and we don't have to spend a ton of time going into the socioeconomic reasons for all of this but there are a lot of cultures that don't well there's one mainly that does not allow for any breaks um you know, very little actual vacation time and, you know, sick leave and different things are, are, are how this would be rectified. But when it's very minimized, you know, in terms of what you actually have, it's, it's hard to recover from burnout. Yeah, um, I, see that. Yeah. I mean, I've known people, it takes a year, year and a half to really fully recover from um, burnout. So maybe we should pull this apart a little bit. What's professional burnout versus what's sort of, uh, recently I was talking to someone about their, their family dynamics since they were children. I always find those folks are burning out by about age 40 mm-hmm. and that is playing the role they've always played, you know, making sure everybody's happy, you're people pleasing that kind those kind of behaviors mm-hmm. that usually stem from a very young age. It's like we run out of energy to keep them going. And so burnout tends to be more likely then as well as professional burnout. This is why we have midlife crisis as people. It's a lot of things will coalesce around that time frame of kind of running out of energy to do the same things we've always done. Um, and maybe professional pressures are a little different at that stage too. So any other burnouts I'm missing? So we've got professional, maybe personal uh, caregiver burnout. Caregiver is huge. burnout. Uh, yeah. Relationship like, burnout. Is that a burnout thing where it's like, you're just sick of the person you were with or I, I don't know how that would work. Well, well let's, let's actually take the, we're going to use the, the brain scan just as a foundation for a second. So anything that's going to keep your um, fear responses high and your thinking straight low. (laughs) Those two things are maybe an interesting framing for burnout of um, I'm more on edge. I'm more anxious. I'm more stressed. I'm more afraid. um, And then I can't think. I mean, I, I feel like I had when I had COVID, I had the brain fog pretty hardcore. Yeah. And yeah, I thought, oh, head. is this what, like, the frontal lobe thing is off. Like, it's not working. 
Um, it's really difficult to do some basic stuff you could always just do. And so that's, that's one of the a common descriptors when people are experiencing burnout is just stuff that used to be no brainers for them are suddenly really frustrating and difficult or not as fast or as good at. Right. Um, so there's, there's a couple versions of this and maybe, you know, burnout is a word we, we should be more careful as we define, but I think it's when you just lose motivation, the willpower to keep doing it. And there's like a, almost a physical inability to do so anymore. And mm-hmm. I think that's where the brain stuff actually shows up. Yeah. Um, is that our brain going, not Hey, you, you did this too much now. I'm not going to let, like, is it really just not letting us? Can you motivate Fatigue through it? Kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Like, what do you, yeah. how do you do that? Cause your well, brain's if, pretty powerful. It's like your number one deal, you know? Yeah, it is your number one deal. And it will not just write itself without you changing. Mm. And that's, I think, so let's just take a random made up story. I don't know if this is the emailer or anybody else, but let's take you were raised in a home where being productive or almost perfectionistic was tied to being loved. Mm. And it was maybe not explicitly said or anything, but it's like, Hey, in this family, we blah, blah, blah. You know, you have your like levels of accomplishment or all of my siblings were this. And so I must be that as well. Or, you know, clearly mom and dad's faces are smiling when I accomplish a thing and they're frowning when I am not. And so you get this sort of from a very young age, you can have this productivity and accomplishment and your value is what you produce. And it's very much gets wrapped around in, into a story about who we are. Right. Mm-hmm. And now go through your life. I went to law school and I did my this and that. And I'm now high producing uh, cog in the capitalist wheel. And I am running out of energy to keep making everyone happy. So I'm lovable. Right. Right. I'm, I'm reducing this to just like a thread here, but sure. kind of that idea of like, what do you do? You are starting to lose brain capacity and feel miserable and you don't want to get out of bed in the morning. And yet your value as a human being is tied to getting out of bed and producing. It's really hard Mm -hmm. to say, you know what, we're going to stop. I mean, I I think we've had a code word forever for what we all need is a sabbatical, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, well, I'm just taking a break from bull. It's it's like burnout <laughs> prevention. It's burnout treatment, but only a select few in this country anyway get access to something like that where they're paid to take a break. Right. 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 Um, and anyway, so so kind of this idea of like you're you're if you're tied to your job from a psycho emotional value perspective, right? Like I am nothing without this yeah. professional title, the money I make, or whatever. Um, taking a break is, you know, tantamount to dying. Like it's a huge burden to think I've got to stop in order to recover and get better when all I've ever done is produce in order to feel good enough, right? Mm -hmm. So you got to have someone help you unwrap that because if you are not willing to stop and take a break and and recover from burnout, it doesn't happen on its own. It, it it just doesn't. And I wish it did. I think we all believe, like, oh, I'll take a vacation and I should be good. And then you're not. That's usually how you know. If you, you take a good week off and you are doing some things you love and getting plenty of rest and sleep and eating yummy food or something, and you go back like, let's do this. That's not burnout. That's 
you're running on the edge of your energy and you need a break, right? Yeah, that's versus that vacation doesn't do one dang thing. (laughs) It just makes you feel worse. (laughs) Yeah. That's a good sign you're probably not a good spot. I've had that before where a vacation did nothing for me. Like get to the other end of it and you're like, Well, I I feel like I was maybe even more stressed out on this vacation. Yeah. It's 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 like that, especially with with, you know, folks like us who work for themselves and feel like You know, oh, by taking a vacation, I'm neglecting all these things that I myself have told myself I need to do. And so it's much tougher than a boss saying, yeah, don't think about work for seven days. We, we, our brains don't do that. Yeah. Or knowing that that place has four other people that can make sure to cover for you while you're right. gone. So exactly. when you yeah. go, when we go, it's different because there's, there is nobody. It's us. It's mm-hmm. yourself. Yeah. And so you yeah. can't really say to yourself, ah, yeah. oh, don't worry about it. We got it while you're gone. Who does? Nobody. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Well, and, and, and for both of you and maybe other people, like if productivity is so important that um, you might be feel, feeling any small moments during a break mm-hmm. with work stuff, thinking you're going to get ahead, right? Like, mm-hmm. oh, then I won't have to do this when I get back or I could just. And so the problem probably is for for most people because we can work from anywhere usually right or catch up on something from anywhere because the internet is everywhere and the maybe some work you need to do you can do or something right you it is all willpower and it's all decision and boundaries about like taking a break and most of us are not great at that right right so you might be thinking you're giving yourself an advantage but what you're actually doing is reducing any chance for a break to be a break um, now if you're not experiencing burnout, you just be like, that was kind of a productive vacation. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. But when you are experiencing burnout, you will, uh, and you, and you keep behaving in such a way. I mean, you're not, it, it takes longer. In fact, some studies are sort of naturalistic studies, sort of that kind of is a more, you ask people who've been through it and how long kind of thing versus, you know, following someone around. Mm-hmm. Um, the average is like one to three years for full recovery from burnout. Like, mm-hmm. Jeez. Extent. Wow. Yeah. That's a lot more than I thought yeah, you were going to say. You're thickening no your frontal cortex and shrinking your amygdala. Take some time, right? Yeah. So um, some some other studies have pointed to like, like up to a decade for people to fully feel like themselves again. So yes, it's serious. And it is really, I think I think because of the word burnout, we can feel that in a lot of contexts. I think we're, we're not always seeing it as the seriousness that it is. And the, I don't know. It doesn't have a diagnostic-y sounding word. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's ah, burned out. Versus like <laughs> a major depressive episode, recurrent, you know, 304.5 on the diagnostic manual. Right? Like that, it just doesn't seem, I don't know. But it is incredibly serious in terms of um, just how long it takes to recover and what, what you sort of need to do to feel like you're yourself again. Right. And what's really tricky, tricky is most people who get to burnout tend to be pretty ambitious and they're always going for stuff and, you know, burning the, the candle at both ends. And it is such a personal flip to living a different way to recover that it's pretty tricky and people will just keep going. I mean, if you look at kind of our current model, it's like, well then just throw some antidepressants at it or throw, um, I mean, I would, I would assume most of the Peruvian jungles full of, you know, Silicon bros who, have hit burnout, out <laughs> and, yeah. and you're going to try whatever it takes in order to try to 
break it? Like, how do I get to back to be myself? Um, and most times people will throw at whatever has made them successful in the past. They'll throw the same kinds of thing, which actually is part of what got you to burn out. And the real answer, and this is the hard answer, is finding actual balance in your life. Um, and I've worked with a couple of people. It's like pre-burnout. And you can see it coming and it's already kind of beginning and we can really course correct. That's the best. That's the best time to get it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Makes sense. Right. Because then we're like, all right, let's make, here's some boundaries for your new vacation. Like you don't get to take your phone. Yeah. It's, you know, or whatever. Yeah. And you start to build, um, other structures, like truly taking the weekend off, stuff like that. And Mm -hmm. you're done working at five and creating boundaries that just have never didn't exist for them. And you can prevent some of these more serious cases. Yeah. And so if let's say you're let's say you get to a point where the burnout is like burned in, like you've really let it go. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. you and and now knowing what you've just said, like you're looking at two or three years of of a, of what is kind of a physical recovery. Yeah. Not kind yeah. of, it is. Mm-hmm. Um like, what are your chances? That seems like really low success rate to me. I don't know why. Because it's not like you can just stop for two years and go, well, that's no. it. I'm not doing nice nothing. Refreshed. Yeah. Right. Unless you're some billionaire yeah. who sold everything off and now can just sit around and do nothing. That's not most people. That's hardly anyone. No, so. it's not. And most people just keep working through the feeling burned out, right? And right. then, I mean, we ha- we're a nation of alcoholics. <laughs> That's one way we treat it. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and truly like getting through the night, right? And then go doing it again the next day. Like there's, I, I think sometimes, and, and we're pretty good at this, is finding escapes or, real, you know, other realities to enter, to leave the current reality, right? Like that's one way we handle our own realities. Um, and so I think there's a lot of time you can just keep, kind of living that way. Mm-hmm. And so it takes, it takes some effort to, to do it differently. And so, so here's just a couple of ideas that are like, we're going to back off from the three-year recovery plan real quick to just what are some scientifically proven treatments for daily management, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, whether it's severe all the way to like pre-burnout prevention kinds of things, these things have um, are pretty peer-reviewed studies stuff. So here's one that's so simple and hard. And anyone who does real steps with me will know this is like one of our main focuses um, because it is so powerful and works so well, but is hard to do without support. And that is making daily recovery a thing. Mm -hmm. So every single day. So the research is pretty overwhelming that if you can have a daily recovery event or effort, and we can go through some of those, um, it's way more important than waiting for a weekend or a vacation. So it's got to be every single day. Now, someone may say, hey, I play a video game for that. Cool, right? If that does it and it, you feel refreshed and ready to kick it the next morning, mm-hmm. cool. Um, but it it cannot wait until your vacation seven months from now. No, right? it works the opposite um, for me. If I play a video game anytime during the workday, I feel like I'm neglecting something else. So that one, that one would definitely so not, not for you. you. Not for okay. me. No. Well, and so so if we think about it, or it's got to be something that have a brain change, right? Because yeah. that should work, and that should feel change. like a, a a respite from work. But yeah, it's it's changing yeah. my mind to 
uh, accept playing a video game as a little short hour long vacation from work or half an hour or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And so, so whether it's whatever your, your thing of choice is that makes you feel really um, like down, mm-hmm. like, I don't mean it down, like down that like, way. more like I've powered down my work. Power down. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Actually yeah. let's use a cell phone analogy. I, I think I might've mentioned this before, but I think it's really helpful is this idea of you can have your phone unplugged, but it's not recharging, right? Mm-hmm. Like you can be off the phone. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can, okay, take your actual phone. I plug, I plug it in and it's charging or I can just not touch it. I'm, I'm not using it either way. Mm-hmm. So what are you doing on a daily basis that is unplugged versus charging, recharging, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what a vacation often acts like. It's like, well, I've unplugged, mm-hmm. right? Like I'm not working, working but are you actually recharging? So the idea is to find something daily that helps you do some of this recharging. So the, the studies show that, you know, frequent breaks, more important than long, like annual vacations, not enough. Right. Um, and especially even weekly breaks. Right. So if you just only have something you look forward to on the weekend, that's tricky. Um, so a couple ways to do this. Speaking of smartphones, Mm-hmm. So they had people, <laughs> participants in lots of these studies write, write regular journal entries, right? So they could mm-hmm. read like in the natural, their natural strategies people were using to combat burnout. And what they found that the work from home thing really is tricky. And this was done before COVID. So um, <clears throat> I think before everybody was working from home. Sure. Yeah, exactly. I feel, uh, yeah, I feel like Scott, Scott has a really good uh, method of doing this with like the hammock, hanging out with the dog in the hammock. Yeah. Or yes. we're just, you know, hanging out with the dog, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I need to be better about just saying, all right, I'm going to go have some cat time for 30 minutes and play yeah. string with the cat and yeah. phone chilling. off. Yes. I find chilling with cat. the dog is like this immediate feeling of, um, yeah. I mean, it's not even that revolutionary. I guess people probably spend a lot of time with their dogs. But for me, it's like if I'm having a crazy day. And I'm in between stuff, and I just know I need some mental energy to carry me through the night. Like, Thursdays are really busy, so today's going to be nuts. Mm -hmm. And if I can just spend 30 minutes on the couch, nestled up with Rainer, who looks like a leper right now because her skin's so weird. But it doesn't matter. Um, She's she's got these issues. Anyway, (laughs) that is all I need sometimes to be good to go, you know? Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's rebuilding any walls in my brain, but it's... It's definitely a, a good thing when I do it. No, it is. And what you're doing is you're soothing your nervous system, right? You're mm-hmm. a, an animal. This is why animals are therapeutic, right? Is that they, you, your heartbeat regulates itself with the animal, mm-hmm. it, right? Or the cute right. overload or whatever happens. There's lots of good things that happen to a brain. Um, if you're an animal lover, of course, not for people who hate animals, that doesn't work. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> regulating your, and a hammock is a, a version of the same idea of like putting yourself in a position of rest, right? So mm-hmm. yes, you should lie on a couch. That is an important um, daily tool you can use. Now think about this for a moment though. What do you do when you tend to lie on a couch is you then engage in scrolling or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. That's not what we're saying. But this is where like a hammock with a book or a hammock with a dog or a hammock by yourself, mm-hmm. you're putting yourself in a rest position and regulating your your nervous system to some extent, right? Mm-hmm. But if you add entertainment all the time, you're never actually disengaging fully. 
And so it doesn't take a ton. You're not, you don't have to lay there for two hours to get the benefit. You can lay there <laughs> for 10 minutes. Yeah. But what we've learned, and I, I should get the numbers correct on this, but like, you know, as a whole, we are, we really struggle with silence, right? Because yeah, now we yeah. can fill it a hundred percent of the time. Right. So for some sitting there in silence, is, is like a death wish, like, Oh no, <laughs> it my is brain a, doesn't, like yeah. the silence the, to quote, you know, is deafening, you know, it's, <laughs> yeah. you're so used to always yeah, listening exactly. to something. Yeah. Is there, I know there's like uh, for sleep, you've got your 90 minute cycles. Is there an yeah. equivalent for taking a break? Like is a 20 minute break better than a 30 minute break or, or something like that? Like, does it- I'm not sure exactly on the numbers, but I do know five minutes is effective. So really? okay. I, th- I, th- I think kind of like a nap, um, mm-hmm. you, there's too long for a nap and then there's just the right amount for a nap. Yeah. And yeah. we vary as, as people, right? But I think it's like sub 30 is the perfect nap. And anything over that, you run the risk of thinking you're in third grade again and you miss the bus. (laughs) Like you don't know where you are and it's confusing or disorienting. I hate that feeling of too long a nap. There's like an energy giving time frame for a nap. And people kind of have to figure that out, but it's usually sub 30. So I I, I would say any kind of resting, probably sub 30. Mm. Um, Similarly is, is probably the most effective anytime longer. Now, if you are laying there and can just be with your thoughts, and you're meditative and you feel good. I mean, I don't think there's a problem until you're ready to get up. Mm-hmm. But for many people, that's just long. Um, and they yeah. don't spend a lot of time in in the quiet of their own minds. And so build and think of it as like, you know, stretching, getting more flexible or something like that, where you try for five minutes and see how you, how what happens to your brain and then get up and go live your day um, and try it again the next day and just see if you can start. Because we can train ourselves, like think about, Anything you've done multiple times, your brain is doing incredible things. Like, let's Mm -hmm. say you go on the same walk every single day, the same route. Mm -hmm. Um, Your brain will stop noticing lots of things because it's used to it now and they're not threats. So it just kind of stops seeing certain things, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And then anything out of the ordinary, your brain is going to pick up. You have just manipulated your brain by doing something similar every single day to do some of the magic work that it does, which is to take a million points of stimuli and ignore most of them Mm -hmm. um, and then just give you what you need to survive, right? So you can do the same thing with any kind of training. You can train yourself to rest. You can train yourself to nap for 20 minutes. You can train yourself. You just have to repeat it and do the thing. And eventually your body and your brain is like, oh yeah, the couch, this is what we do on the couch is we lay back and we rest. Well, this is, and that's why a hammock, I think, works really well. Is it's not yeah. used for anything else, usually, yeah, right? You're right. not like, and it's also not in front of a TV. TV. It's not in front of a yeah. computer. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, totally. And I'm gonna, so I'm going to put my, uh, I'm going to set up a hammock right here in the room uh, for the cold months. Yeah, I like just it. Two big yeah, hooks in the wall. Like, Sitting, the sitting kind, that just enough reclining, oh, but you're still kind of I sitting. Like that. that might be good. Mm-hmm. Won't Dang it, they had those at Pure One Imports, and now there's no more Pure One Imports. Dang yeah, it, they went away. Yeah. <laughs> so, so let me, I know I was sad about that. Okay. So yeah. real quick, let, let me go back to just these small couple things we, you can do. So putting your smartphone away in these journals, what they found is two groups of people who had the problem with c- conflicting work and home. And this is 2014, by the way. So before everyone was doing the same problem, um, but the work home conflict, what they found is that people who put their work whatever, which is usually always your cell phone at this point, right? They just put it away. They didn't take, they didn't do texting or email after work hours. Mm-hmm. Um, those people 
recovered way faster than the ones who didn't have that line, mm. right? Mm. So these are people that are already burned out um, in order to do these daily things to try to help, right? And so disengaging from work and not using work phones or work email or you know, that type of thing, very important to recovery. And so have a, have a timeline, like when do you want to stop working? Now, so you guys do shows at night, like you're kind of all over the map. So you just have to find when is your off time? Back in the day, you would be eight to five and then you were off, right? Like yeah. find, find your five to 10 PM. Where is that five hours where you do hobbies, where you relax, where you hang out with friends, where, you know, where is your, I'm not working time and then protect it, mm. right? Create huh. boundaries around it. Yeah. Um, and then more journals, more data on this. They found that spent social, like I was saying, spent some social activities really, really helpful in protecting against burnout. Um, and it can be, you know, lots of versions of, of that. Other things like lying on the couch, doing nothing, napping, and then mm -hmm. physical exercise. There's just nothing that works the same way. It's just the most effective at getting our brains happy. Mm -hmm. um, I was so that a was lot better one. at this during the height of the pandemic, during the initial part of the lockdowns, because I had the all these minis. I still have them, but I'd paint them, and I basically would just carve out an hour a day and just paint minis. And I oh. think I need to go back to saying, "All right, from from twelve thirty to one thirty, that is my. I'm protecting that time frame. That is my little respite, or even half an hour would be fine. Twelve thirty to one or something. When you tell people to put their phones away, what does that entail? Like just not use it for a while it's still in your pocket but you're not thinking about it you lock it away do you turn it off like what what, what do you suggest people do in that regard because uh, i'm guessing okay. that's a huge so, thing today people are just so mm -hmm. tapped into that thing they don't and they don't know where to put it or what to yeah. do with it yeah so one thing we're working on in real steps right now is having everyone uh cold turkey eliminate a social media drug and it could be anything. It could. It, it doesn't even have to be social media. We're just calling it that. Mm, it could be sure. something else, right? But to find one thing for the next month that doesn't actually make you feel good at all mm. and you don't realize it. So what we did is, it, you know, everyone opened their phone, found their, you know, you're, you could do it with your eyes closed. You find the app. Your thumb knows right where to go. Clicks on the app. And the first thing you see, we had everybody sort of check how it made them feel, Right. And the responses were like stressed, um, fear, anger, you know, like mm -hmm. the, the stuff that the first thing you click on for your drug of choice is fear, anger, doom, stress, hopelessness, mm -hmm. not great. Right. And so just for a month, we're going to, everyone's just going to take a little break from, um, and it could be as simple as like you go through your social media feed and anything that makes you feel crappy, you mute it, but you have to take a second and feel it like, Ooh, that does make me feel jealous. Mute. Mm -hmm. That makes me feel sad or frustrated or scared. And this is not to avoid feelings. It's to avoid feeding yourself a steady diet of crap. <laughs> right. And so re re reducing, um, some of that just, and, and living your life without it to try it. So it's a really powerful strategy to go through. So I'm going to have you guys do it right now. Let's do it. Okay. Pull up your phone. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I want you to open the, your, your crack of choice. Oh, I really, and this, you asked me at a weird time because I've actually cut way back on stuff like Twitter. Okay. That's fine. Uh, so yeah. pick anything though. All right. It could be an email from your mother-in-law. Whatever it is. 
<laughs> oh my gosh, dude. Okay. I'm glad I, know, I didn't right? get those. Um, that have, feeling. Okay. So find your first thing, the first thing you pop up that pops up. Yeah. And then take a second and just look at it, read it, whatever it is. Look at the picture, read it, and just sense in your body, like, what is your physiological, emotional response to the thing you're seeing? Um, oh, that's an interesting way of th- thinking about it. My physiological response yeah. is, oh, it's like, um, so, okay, I just opened up Twitter and it defaulted to the For You page, which is kind of a nightmare now. Yeah. Um, and my first thought was, I'm preparing for the worst. <laughs> I'm like, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, I have this feeling of like, Oh crap. I hope, I hope these first few, few uh, thumb swipes don't reveal something stupid. Like a feeling of like, okay. I don't dread. know. Anticipate. Yeah. Not anticipation, but dread, I guess a little bit of dread. Yeah. Dread's good. Okay. Yeah. And anticipatory angst. So we could call that your amygdala swelling just a little bit. Yeah. Right. Okay. So, um, what Brian, have you done it? I have. Yeah. And okay. <laughs> I'm, I have like almost completely given up Twitter. I reply. Like if I see a notification that somebody, uh, tagged yeah. me in something, I reply. So Twitter is almost completely gone for me. Uh, Facebook okay. is the thing that it's like, all right, if I look at one thing on Facebook, I doom scroll and just keep going. So I've pulled up Facebook okay. and, okay. uh, just the thought of doom scrolling has given me that like, uh, this is gonna, uh-huh. I'm going to waste so much time if I stay in this stupid app. Mm-hmm. Okay. So w- time wasting, again, dread. So you both mm-hmm. just took one second and went from living your life to feeling dread. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Yeah. All yeah. Thanks, a lot. Thanks a lot, okay. Wendy. Great. Yeah, You're welcome. This has been great. So yeah. what, I, what I would say, suggest for someone, and, this, and again, this is just the baby small step to, to try, and that is, now mute whatever the thing is. Let's say it was a post from your neighbor mm. and pictures of this raging party you were not invited to. Okay? Just mute it. They're not told they're being muted. You're just going to take a month free of hearing about your neighbor. Okay? And then go to the next image. If it's Instagram or something, the next one, what is it? And if it's not, doesn't make you feel like the world's a better place or that you're cared for or that there are cool things to learn, or it's NASA. I don't know, like whatever the things that feel <laughs> like good and, and inspiring. And a lot of people do this where they were like, well, I follow these artists and it's really cool. Uh, and then when they really go to how it makes them feel, what they find is either maybe there's jealousy or there's drama in that weird community. And they're like, wait a minute, there's actually way more than I'm just looking at their art. Mm-hmm. And then others mm-hmm. is like, I look at their art and feel awesome, mm-hmm. right? That's what we're getting at. And that's just right there. Think of this as like small doses of um, the good kind of dopamine or, and that's, you know, curating what you're seeing that actually makes you feel good, inspired, energized versus curating what you're seeing, not on purpose, but algorithms doing it for you to create rage and resentment and all the other things that really get likes and clicks. I mean, that's how this works. So you would just take a little time, just designate for yourself maybe a month off, six weeks off or something, where you're only seeing things that feel good and just see what freaking happens in your life. And then you realize like, oh, hold on. <laughs> I have energy for this or that, right? And, and that's then your amygdala. Uh, oftentimes people... Yeah, go ahead. What? 
I was going to say, is that your, is that, how do you, how do you gauge whether your amygdala wall is building up again? Like, how will you know? You'll feel it pretty quickly. Mm. Like in terms of you can get real angry um, and, you know, all that like fun resentment feeling (laughs) or not resentment feeling that um, righteous indignation and how can this person be so stupid and just like the power of that drug is real. Mm-hmm. And so suddenly if you're not having that on a regular basis, it's kind of like having sugar cereal for breakfast over and over and over. And then you can't. So you eat some protein or something that actually gives you energy, makes you feel better. You'll just feel better. <laughs> right. And so that's the thing. You'll feel better. If you don't feel better, well then maybe there's something else going on. Um, but you should feel a little boost of energy. You should feel, um, like a few more minutes of your life opens up. That's a really common experience. People are like, whoa, I suddenly have time. Mm. A thing you thought you had none of, you suddenly can feel you have more of. And so you're just, here's the thing. You may be less tempted to go to that app because you're only seeing things that are like happy-go-lucky and that Mm. doesn't drive you there. So you're like, oh, do something else, right? And so everyone's gonna have a different response to it. And that's just be curious about it, see what happens. But what we're, in essence, if you take these daily ways to reduce burnout, One is to not give your precious life energy to something that doesn't matter to recovery, Mm. right? Mm -hmm. And most of us are convinced that whatever we're doing online is for work or it helps Mm -hmm. me feel informed or we have so many good lies we tell ourselves. (laughs) Uh, But the truth is, if you don't check with your body and your emotional response, you're lying to yourself. It's your brain telling you a story like, oh, this is fun. And it's because it loves dopamine. Mm. Um, and so sure. check, check with your body and your emotions to see how something impacts you. And then you can play around with, you know, not, not imbibing and see what happens. Um, and then, you know, go back to it and see like, oh yeah, I didn't miss this or, you know, whatever it might be. There are a lot of people who have quit, um, certain behaviors cause they're not good for them. This is historically true. And so when you're stuck and you're feeling crap and you don't know where things are coming from, it's kind of like finding out what you're allergic to. Why stop eating the cheese yeah. and then slowly introduce the cheese and see what see happens. Problems um, come back. Yeah. 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 That's always so, a good So feeling. overall though, I would say this like versions of detaching from work is really important for um, reducing burnout risk and recovery. So you have times and limits and, you know, sometimes, you know, pre pandemic, I used to have people do this where, you know, if you worked from home, they would put a, a line on the floor from their office to their other living space, and they could only be dressed for work across that line. And then if they're not dressed for work, they can't come back. They have to get redressed again. Um, kind of ways to just create there is a boundary in my life between my work and my life. Um, really hard to do for a lot of us, right? And so finding ways to create some of those boundaries would be good. Then practicing small de-dress um, things that are ner- your nervous system gets regulated, soothed. So hammock with the dog is a perfect example. Nap, mm. um, hanging out on a couch, nice walk, fresh air, big glass of water. All the stuff we know is good for us actually is good for us. And then, and if if you're religious or you're into meditation or any kind of brain centering activity, is also incredibly powerful here. Mm-hmm. is just gets your brain in a totally different space. You're thinking different thoughts. You know, again, it's like humans need the diversity of a 
and balance in life. And because yeah. work can just consume everything, it will, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And so finding some ways to set some of these boundaries and doing them in small ways is, is, and then if you can take vacations, really plan a restful vacation rather than a stressful kind. Um, if you can take weekends and make sure there are a couple hours every weekend where you are really giving yourself something that you need to recover. You know, we're, we're creatures of habit as well. And so breaking some of this can be pretty tricky, but with some concerted effort, you know, you can prevent burnout. You can heal burnout. You're just gonna, you just can't keep doing what you're doing. Yeah. You can't. And it doesn't just stop. You have to do something about it. Yeah. Which is uh, often the the theme here in Wendy's segment. <laughs> take yeah. care of your own stuff. Take out your own trash. You gotta you gotta you gotta do the work. Uh, yeah. There's no freebies out there. Sorry, no supplement you can take will make you. No, uh, no I wish. Feel less burnout. Although I keep maybe trying the red pill, I keep trying the blue pill. Neither of them work. Sure. <laughs> I, I, my guess is if you do a lot of mushrooms, you might think that you're uh, taking oh. care of burnout, but. Uh, you might only Dang be it, I haven't tried it. that though. Yeah. Yeah. We should actually have a whole session on a uh, whole session, <laughs> a whole uh, <laughs> conversation about mushrooms. Um, yeah. Because we're running into more and more accessibility and use and then, and recreational slash therapeutic use, not guided therapeutic yeah. use. Mm -hmm. And we're finding a couple of things emerging people just escaping reality in a really fun new way of escaping reality. Mm. <laughs> um, that is therapeutic, but like it also is really hard to live in your normal life when yep. the color blue is the most beautiful thing you've ever seen. <laughs> if you just take a little mushroom, yeah. I met a guy um, a few weeks ago who uh, was coming to Colorado to study um, psychedelic uh, psychology or psychedelic uh, yeah. treatment and uh, and learning how to like figuring out what the doses are that benefit people, but don't go so far as to like you say, "Ooh, I love the color blue. It's awesome." Yeah. yeah, and I never want to go back and talk to my wife, yeah. you know, like that. <laughs> right, exactly. Because yeah. that's that's the risky run. And there's some really cool stuff happening. I mean, I don't know if you guys remember, but it was probably a couple of years ago. I was like, "Hey, everybody, the future is psychedelic." I don't know mm -hmm. if you heard me predict that, but it is on its way. And um, that yeah, the microdosing is kind of what you're talking about here, where yeah. smaller amounts that are effective. They're trying to figure out exactly what that is. Where that, and I where think, that line is. Yeah. 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 The old lyric. And there's uh, some awesome stuff. The old lyric, everything counts in large amounts. Do not apply that to uh, mushroom no. dose taking. Okay. <laughs> no. Don't do that. No, I mean, but we should do that. So if, <laughs> if, if somebody has if somebody has a question or they've had their own experience or, um, at, I mean, you can talk about your fun recreational thing all day long, but more from a therapeutic perspective. It'd be fun to use that as a launching pad to talk yeah. about some of the I would like to talk about it because I don't understand I don't understand it at all. Like I don't get how we went from I feel like the last time anybody talked seriously about quote unquote mushrooms or psychedelics was like, I don't know, seventies, maybe part of the eighties or whatever, and it felt like it kind of disappeared. And all anyone talked yeah, about. Yeah, it was the fifties and sixties when the research was really getting started, and then the sixties kind of turned the public opinion against it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Like a, um, like and other lots of things. folks in yeah. it. It's it's a bit of a yeah. The history of it is really pretty fascinating. Um, the book. Oh dang it! My brain will not remember his name. He wrote the omnivore omnivore's dilemma. Oh um oh. oh. Michael no no. Uh, I know this. Hey, who has Google? Dilemma. Scott does. I'm I'm looking right up. now. 
Uh, here it is. This is from a Formulas Nonfiction book written by American author Michael Pollan. Pollan. Oh, Pollan. 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 P O L L L A N. P O L L A N. Pollan. So he wrote a book about psychedelics fairly recently that I think has helped popularize a little bit of just like, here's a dude who's written other books we like, and he goes through and explores some stuff and the therapeutic stuff. And this is kind of, he goes through the history too. It's, it's a, a pretty good primer if you're interested um, from that perspective. But the research has started up again. It was basically illegal and just looked down on for so long. And so we missed a good 20, 30 years of research that would have probably been better. Uh, had we had access to it because it does some really, really cool things to the brain that nothing else does so <laughs> that the- if we could harness could really alleviate. I mean, it is a drug resistant and treatment resistant depression. It's the only thing we've found that can touch it in a way that nothing else can. Um, and anyway, so we can, we can get more into it, but if anyone's interested, his books, his book's good. Yeah. Um, he also has some great stuff. And it's on, his own personal experience too. It's kind of fun. His stuff on Netflix. I can't remember this show. What's it called? Uh, whatever it is. He's got some stuff on Netflix. That's very good. Um, where he talks about yeah. food and origins of food and stuff. Yeah. Um, he Food's also, big thing. fun side note, his brother-in-law is Michael J. Fox. So there's that. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. really? Tracy Pollen. That would make sense. Yeah. yeah. I just happened to be in his Wikipedia page, and it says, famous brother-in-law, Michael J. Fox. Hmm. Anyway. Oh, that's fun. Uh, well, all right, then. I uh, hope this helps Crondor with his question and query, and any of you out there experiencing uh, perhaps symptoms of burnout, whether they're work-related or otherwise. Let us know your thoughts and feelings. You can keep those emails coming or send us texts about it. And we'll talk about it on the show. And do, I think, look forward to an eventual episode, if not sooner than later, a uh, a discussion about what the hell these mushrooms are all about, man. Mm-hmm. I want to know. I want to understand. Yeah. Some, I talked to somebody who says uh, his micro dose, something he did, which is you know, probably legally dubious, uh, changed his life for the better, he claims. Mm-hmm. Sure. And uh, mm-hmm. I imagine a lot of them say that. And I'm you know curious. Why? why? Mean, technically, but, probably will change anybody's life. Is it for the better is the question. Yeah, that's the question, right? So uh, find out more on a future episode. Wendy, as always, it's a pleasure. Do you have anything you'd like to promote or push or say or do? No, uh, I'm coming to Vegas and yeah. I'm excited and you still need to give me assignments. So. You'll, you'll have them. We're going to, during the game thing, I want to do like a Lucy booth where uh, you just get to go and hang out with Wendy and ask her questions. Yeah. And uh, beyond that, oh, we want you at the table for the live show. Oh uh, yeah, I've got plans okay. for you. So don't worry, oh, don't you worry about that. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> we'll we'll figure out. We might need to talk offline because, as is the case with Vegas, things could change. Things might be changing with regard to what day things are happening. Now we're finding out. So oh, oh. okay. So don't make any firm plans around the TMS events because those TMS events might change oh all right okay that sounds good i would to me. just plan to be in that city for those yeah, four just days plan to be that's in that city awesome and we'll get you okay. taken care yeah that'll be good and you're coming with right. me which will be fun buffet. yeah i get yeah. i get two-thirds Mish, of my, my roommate two-thirds of my sisters will be there that'll be fun <laughs> uh excellent I would argue the most responsible i would person. i i wouldn't just argue two it sisters. i would yeah yeah i would guarantee it <laughs> Uh, anyway, so that's coming up. Uh, so watch for that. And, uh, Wendy is always a pleasure. We'll have you back next week for more. Have a great week and we'll see you then. Bye. Bye now. Yeah. All right. That does that. That does that for us there. That does that. It sure does. Uh, I do want to do a quick note here. I want to mention this. If any of you out there are musician types, 
All right? Especially electronic musicians. You don't have to be. It can be whatever. What if about you, folk musicians, Scott? What about Whatever Klezmer? they want. All that's what fine. About Klezmer? Skiffle? Sure. Skiffle? Sure. Why not? Bring in the Skifflers. Finish death metal. Are what they, about that? Are they Skifflers? If you do the Skiffle? Are you sure? a Skiffler? Yeah. Okay. And Skiffler's mom is hot. Skiffler's still hot. mom still got it going on. Oh, that's uh, Stacy's mom. Or no. Yeah. Stacy's yeah, mom, mom has. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Uh, rest in peace, Stacey's that guy. Um, anyway, oh, if you would like to uh, let us know if you are musically inclined enough that you might want to take a crack at an arrangement and or new take on the TMS intro theme. Uh, I want to do a little contest for that, but mainly I want to gauge interest first. So I want to see who's like sort of into this idea. Uh, so send us emails or texts and let me know because I'm very curious about it. I'm thinking about just shaking that up a little bit and having additional versions of our theme. If you I like, the, if you like the TMS Skyhawk one, great. Play, do a riff on that. If you got something wholly new in mind, I'd be happy to hear it. So if you're a musician, let us know. Doesn't. Doesn't have to be a cover. It can be a totally original thing, like Bo Schwartz did, which is a totally original thing. Or uh, yeah, the guy that did the seventies, the Morning Stream. Yeah, that guy. Yeah, that guy, which is amazing. Yeah, we love that. The Morning Stream. His that name is there. Yeah. We used to call him Goobers. Gobers. Oh, that's right. Rob Go. Rob, Rob Gabers. Go Gabers. Yes. I think is how you yes. actually say it, but I always said Goobers. Yes. Anyway, if you want to be one of those people, uh, let me know. I would love to hear from you. Okay. Uh, some shows today. Coverville, 1 p.m. today. Anything special going right. on there? You bet there is. Uh, celebrating the birthdays of uh, uh, of uh, Poison, for front man of Poison, Vince, not Vince Neal. See, I keep wanting to, uh, Brett Michaels, I keep wanting to, to swap Motley Crue and Poison. They have the same hairstylist. Uh, Brett Michaels celebrating a birthday and Mark McGrath celebrating a birthday. So let's just get Sugar Sugar Ray out of the freaking way now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we'll we'll slather it with a healthy dose of poison to help the medicine go down. Actually, I've got some really cool. I've got a country cover of a Sugar Ray song that will blow your mind. It makes you feel like, Weird. like this song should have been done by uh, in country style from the get-go i love it wow uh, all right as well as some poison i mean you're gonna get uh you know covers of talk dirty to me uh squeeze box uh the who's squeeze box covered by poison nothing but a good time unskinny bop uh of course every rose has a thorn because we gotta do that one but uh and then you'll also hear some sugar Ray. it's gonna be a fun fun show be there 1 p.m twitch.tv slash coverville nice uh, that'll be today one uh, co- uh, core at 5pm tonight We've got a lot of gaming stuff to talk about so show up for that the big Diablo uh, 4 beta starts tomorrow if you pre-ordered so excited to talk about what the hell that might mean uh, tonight on core 5pm mountain time for the live show and you can check it out later on the podcast if you'd like we'll be doing film sack this weekend I do not remember our movie I don't either, actually. I don't just say that. It was something that we were looking forward to after the joy that Spree brought us. Uh, it's funny how much I still think about Spree. Uh, Breakdown. Oh, yeah, Breakdown oh, from 1997. Yeah, yeah. Kurt Russell uh, and a bunch of actors you know from playing bad guys, character actor bad guys in movies. Yeah, actually looking forward to this one. Uh, yes. I haven't seen oh, it. It is, but it is worth things. looking forward to because it is such a damn good movie. Sweet. So that's all coming up. Check that out this weekend. Patreon.com slash TMS is how this show is supported. And if you haven't jumped in yet, there's no reason not to now. If you'd never like ads, if you want pre-show content every day, couch parties on the weekend. Speaking of which, are we doing the... Oh, yeah. Couch party tomorrow. Pe- uh, play day, two weeks. Two weeks. From but tomorrow. Are we doing that Pedro Pascal thing tomorrow? I can't remember. 
Yes, the Pedro Pascal thing tomorrow. And prior to that, if you like to get your morning started with a little uh, trivia, guess the connection. Just uh, follow Coverville. It is, it's the only thing that I tweet because it's automatically done by Streamlabs OBS. So if you follow Coverville on Twitter, you'll get a notification of when I'm giving away uh, giving away prizes if you can figure out what six songs have to do with each other. Nice. Check that out. Uh, lots of reasons, though, to join. So patreon.com slash TMS is the place to go. For all other inquiries, head on over to frogpants.com slash TMS. And now, yes. music exit. Music. We should play some music. Uh, Paul Jigger, a.k.a. Jigger Dad from Canada, mm. uh, wrote in. Canada. Mm-hmm. One right there. Hello, Scotch and Bourbon. Today marks my fourth decade of escaping the womb. Oh my gosh! Let's party! Big four zero, man. Woo. No kidding. It'll also be my first week in my new role at my job. My first foray into a sales position. Oh, so if, if you get hit up by uh, Jigger Dad, just just walk away. Just walk away. <laughs> Uh, I'm very excited to challenge myself and take a new step in my career. To celebrate, I'm requesting the Dolly Parton cover of the Collective Soul song, Shine. Uh, I only found this recently and enjoyed it immensely. As always, love the show, though. Yeah, this is this is such a great cover. This is, uh, you know, that... Yeah, I love that. Yep. Uh, covered by Dolly Parton. So speaking of songs covered in a country style, I'm amazed that I've never played this on the show. Came out in 2001 from her album, Little Sparrow. Here is Dolly Parton and Shine. That'll do it for us. We'll see you guys next week. If we don't see you this weekend, we'll see you on Monday for a brand new TMS. <laughs>
Get more podcasts like this at frogpants.com. You a tough-ass geezer. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.